Thank you for joining our podcast here at Peninsula Covenant Church. Stay tuned as together we'll study God's Word. You know, if you're new here or you haven't been with us for a while, we're actually taking some time to ask this question for us personally, for us in commu- as a larger community, and it's this. If God is real, and we believe He is, does He have a plan for our lives, and how do we get in on that plan? You know, that question's actually built on a more foundational question, and it's this. Does God still speak today? Think about that for a minute, and actually think about it given this cultural moment we find ourselves in. If God still speaks, that's an amazing concept. You know, I've had the chance to walk alongside people in this COVID-19 experience and the racial experience we've been having and questions have risen up, questions from high school graduates going like, what college do I go to? Does God care about that? Questions like, do we move out of the area given this reality? Questions around racial tension. How do I posture myself? God, what role would you want me to play as a unifier in community. Does God speak into that? The amazing thing is, men and women, is we believe God still speaks. But I want you to discuss that. So right at the start, we're going to take a pause. You're going to break into groups wherever you are, or if you're alone, ponder this question. And here it is. When it comes to hearing God's voice, do you think God still speaks on June 28th, 2020? Ready? Go. So my humble answer to that question is absolutely. And that's what this whole series is built on. We actually believe that there are fourfold leadings of Jesus, the way that Jesus still speaks to us today, the leading of community, we're going to look at that, the leading of the Word of God, we are going to look at that next week, the leading of circumstances, and then the leading of the Holy Spirit internally. These are the fourfold leadings of Jesus that we're looking at in our time together. But PCC, I want you to hear this from my heart. There really is a God who loves you. 
and who has mind-blowing plans for you and for me. And he wants to communicate those plans to us. But here's what I've discovered, and, and please hear me on this, that when I and few understand how to posture ourselves before God, he speaks. So really the foundational question under does God still speak, even the more foundational question is this. You ready? Are you ready? (laughs) Question is, are we listening? Are we listening for God's voice? You know, um, let me give you an example of how this works. Uh, On occasion, I'll come home after a very stressful day. And our daughters know that uh, the first 10 minutes, everyone gets a kiss, the dogs get scratched, and then it's mommy-daddy time. And we usually go into the front room and unpack our day. And there'll be times after I've asked my wife, hey, tell me about your day, when she'll be engaging in her day and the worries of work and other things come into my mind and I leave the room. Not physically, but mentally, I leave the room and I'm somewhere else. And Anne continues to tell me about her day. And then she'll finish. And at some point, I'll come back into the room. She'll finish. And I'll ask a question of her, of something she just told me, where will trigger to her, I've left the room. Now, I'm not, I'm, I know I'm not the only man who's done this. I'm told this happens in other marriages too. But here's my question. Here's my point. Was Anne talking? Absolutely. Was I listening? Absolutely not. It's not intentional, but I hadn't put myself in a position to hear her. So I want to encourage you again. God speaks. Think about that. The God of the universe actually wants to guide us towards his will. But I want to ask it one more time. Are we listening? This is so important. We're going to break one more time before we jump into the text. And I want to ask you to think about it on your own or talk about it as a group. How would you rate yourself when it comes to listening to God? Have you tuned your ear? Have you tuned your heart to want to hear from the God of the universe? How good of a listener are you? Ready? Go.
So our third leading is going to be introduced to us by a leader named Rehoboam. You may have never heard that name, but let me tell you about his lineage. Rehoboam was the son of a monumental figure in history and in Judaism named Solomon, King Solomon. Rehoboam was the grandson of King David. He has an incredible lineage, and we're going to pick up the story at the end of Solomon's life when he's passing on the kingdom and the reign of Israel to Rehoboam. But he's presented with that uh, with a decision and a deadline, and that's the stuff of life, right? We've got big decisions and looming deadlines, and we're looking somehow to discern how do we move forward. That's what this whole series is built on. Built on. How do we hear from God and moving forward? So Rehoboam's got three days because his decision is around an enemy named Jeroboam. Jeroboam was an adversary of King Solomon, and he basically comes to Rehoboam after he learns of Solomon's death and says, I know your dad and I didn't get along, but can we put that in the past? Can we get along now? That's the backdrop and, uh, for this. And what Rehoboam does is uh, in this third leading is actually a model for us what not to do. Follow me. First Kings chapter 12. Here we go. Rehoboam went to Shechem for all of Israel had gone there to make him king. So the transfer of the kingdom is happening. When Jeroboam, son of Nebat, heard this, because he was still in Egypt, where he'd fled from King Solomon, he returned from Egypt. So they sent for Jeroboam, and he and the whole assembly of Israel went to Rehoboam and said, Your father put a heavy yoke on us, but now lighten the harsh labor and the heavy yoke he put on us, and we'll serve you. Basically, he's saying, can we strike a deal here? And in response, Rehoboam does something really, really important. Listen to this. Rehoboam answered, go away for three days and then come back to me. This decision is way too big to make on the fly. I need some space to think this through. Well played, Rehoboam. It's really important, friends, never to be rushed into an important decision. But what he does next is even better. Look at this, verse 6. Then King Rehoboam consulted the elders who had served his father Solomon during his lifetime. How would you advise me, he asks, to answer these people? What does he do in those three days? He turns to his closest community and says, guide me on this. This is a council of wise elders who were counseled to the wisest man who ever lived. Verse 7, they give him the answer. If today you will be a servant to these people and serve them and give them a favorable answer, they'll always be your servants. So basically the group says, Rehoboam, this is a deal you should take. This is such a brilliant move because what Rehoboam's doing is taking a page out of his dad's own journal. In Proverbs 13, verse 20, a book written, many of them, by King Solomon himself, the wisest man who ever lived, it says this, walk with the wise and you become what? Wise. Bravo, Rehoboam. Well played, my friend. But wait, he didn't read the totality of the verse, and this will be his downfall. 
it says at the end of Proverbs 13, 20, associate with fools and you're going to get into trouble. That's exactly where Rehoboam turns next. What he does next is heartbreaking. It's history making, my friends. Look at verse 8. It wasn't enough to hear from the wise elders. Rehoboam turns to his high school cronies and he asks them what to do. Look at verse 8. But Rehoboam rejected the advice the elders gave him, to which I want to scream, why? And he consulted the young men he'd grown up with who were serving him. He asked them, what's your advice? How should we answer these people who say to me, lighten the yoke that your father has put on us? Now look at the stupid advice they give him. The young man who'd grown up with him replied, these people have said to you, your father put a heavy yoke on us, but make our yoke lighter. Now tell them, my little finger is thicker than my father's waist. My father laid on you a heavy yoke. I'll make it even heavier. Wow, that's how you endear people to you, right? My father scourged you with whips. I'll scourge you with scorpions. Wow, way to go, Rehoboam. Now, Rehoboam has a dilemma. Who do I listen to? And whoever he listens to determines the decision that he'll make. I'm going to hit pause at this point, and I want us to step out of the story for a second. And I want to ask you this question. We're not going to break and have you discuss this, but I do want to ask the question, as you look at your life, and as you look at the decisions you make on a frequent basis, this is such an important decision. If I could, I would stop time and jump into every home watching this and ask this question face-to-face, eyeball-to-eyeball. When it comes to the big decisions... Who are you listening to? Who are you listening to actually? And who are you listening to virtually? What voices are informing your life, your character, your decisions? Here's why this is so important, my friends. Because the people you listen to, and this is the big idea today, the people you listen to, are you ready? Determine the future you. The people you listen to determine the future you. And so it's really important to ask, what are the voices, actual voices, virtual voices, media voices, what are the voices I'm truly listening to? See, if I could just back up a little bit and build out this a little bit, God never intended for you and me to live in isolation. We're at our best selves when we're discerning decisions with others, when we're living in community. (laughs) Circles really are better than rows, my friends. That means everyone, everywhere, was designed for community. The call to follow Christ is a call to community. You see that in the first book of the Bible, Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. It is not good for humans to live alone. You see that from Solomon in Ecclesiastes 4.9, two are better than one. You see that in the early church, Acts 2.42, listen to this, they devoted themselves. You know what that means? They were committed, they pursued, they prioritized. What were they devoted to? The apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to koinonia, to being together for a common cause. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 13, but encourage one another daily, 
as long as it's called today, so that none of you would be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Friends, I just took four verses of the myriad of verses throughout Scripture that call us to an inner, tight community where we're known, where we can know. So the people you listen to determine the future you. This is true for you. This is true for me. This is true if you're in high school, if you're in college, if you're in middle school, if you're 80 years old. The people you listen to determine the future you. Now let's step back into the story. Who will Rehoboam listen to? Look what it says in verse 12. Three days later, Jeroboam and all the people returned to Rehoboam as the king had said, come back to me in three days. The king answered the people, you ready? Harshly, rejecting the advice given to him by the elders. He followed the advice of the young men and said, my father made your yoke heavy, I'll make it heavier. My father scourged you with whips, I'll scourge you with scorpions. He almost quotes verbatim exactly what his high school buddies told him. The result of this decision was an unmitigated disaster. You can read it yourself in 1 Kings chapter 12, but basically here's what happened. The people rose up, they rebelled, the kingdom was torn apart, and here's the sad thing. It didn't have to be that way. If only Rehoboam had applied this third leading that we're talking about that helps us discern God's will. I'll pose it this way in a question that I never want you to forget as you're trying to discern God's will. Is this decision consistent with wise and godly counsel? Is this decision consistent with wise and godly counsel? Now we're going to pull out, I'm going to bring some application, pray, and close the message. But I want you to know as we begin to pull out of this and and move towards application, Ann and I, from our experience, we have never made important decisions personally, professionally, financially, uh, in in any magnitude in our marriage without this third leading submitting the decision to wise and godly counsel. We looked at circumstances. We looked at the nudging of the Holy Spirit, but then we brought it to wise and godly counsel saying, could you speak into this as well? If you're married, I just want to speak to you for a minute. I want to invite you to do what my friend Pat Gelsinger, he wrote a book about this, about managing your life, but he's got a line in there in marriage, agree to agree. Agree to agree. That's your first line of wise, godly counsel. Ann and I, again, we lean in together around important things. And I know in my life, uh, for major decisions, she's my go-to counsel around career, around finances, around our budget, around how much we're going to give in generosity, around where we're going to live, around our kids, around work. We agree to agree and come to each other as wise and godly counsel. I am so thankful for that. And then we bring that to other people. The next thing I want to tell you is this. I want to invite you, for all of you, consider having a board of directors. (laughs) What are you saying? Well, just think with me for a minute. Google has a board of directors. 
Facebook has a board of directors. All uh, companies that matter have boards of directors. Even PCC has a godly board of directors. And the reason they do is they, get, they know if we get a lot of smart people around the table, we'll make better decisions. If organizations do that, how much more should we do that with our one and only life to live to the glory of God? From an early age, I don't know why or how, probably somebody challenged me to this, but I've had a board of directors. And on my board are financial mentors that I submit finances to, and they speak into that. Fitness mentors that help me understand how to stay fit with each stage of life. Father mentors, just yesterday I talked to my father mentor who's on my board, he's an all-daughter dad, he's 66, and he's speaking into me from a generation ahead of me. Marriage mentors, Ann and I have those, to talk to us about how to be good husbands and wives. Health mentors, pastoral mentors. This is my personal board of directors. It's my frontline godly counsel that I go to. I want you to hear my heart. We have never needed this leading more. To go to community with your decisions. But it's going to take three things. Here they are. It's going to take a yieldness to God's will. A heart that says, God, I want to do your will. The answer is yes. Where will you lead me? A humility to recognize, I don't have what it takes to do this on my own. A heart, humility, and then a slowing down to prioritize Christ-centered, authentic community. This type of quality experience only comes about from quantity experience with people. Living in community, spending time, and growing together where you have the trust built. You trust their spiritual competence and their wisdom to get input into that. Are you willing to invest a yielded heart? Are you willing to have the humility to say, I don't have what it takes? Are you willing, I think this is the hardest one right here, to slow down and prioritize relationships? So that you're doing more than just talking about sports or the economy with people. You're talking about spiritual matters of character. Do you believe it? Do you really believe that the people you listen to determine the future you? Our Father, our Heavenly Father loves us so much that if we ask Him to speak, if we ask Him to bring those kind of people into our lives, He will. The question really is not does God speak, the question is, am I listening? And as we close, I want to ask this final question. What is God saying to you right now? What is your application to step into Christ-centered community? You know, if you go to our website and hit the Grow tab right on the homepage, you'll see uh, experiences, midsummer experiences that you can go to, and there are 10 different options for Christ-centered community. We've split it up by gender. We've split it up by generation. We've split it up by intergenerational. We've split it up by book studies. There's a ton of great resources on there. If you're wondering, where do I go? How do I step into that? Go right to the Grow tab on the website, and there's 10 options for you right there. You can even get one-on-one mentoring if you want to mentor, male or female. If you want to mentor in same-gender mentoring, go to the Grow tab. 
This is so important, my friends. So important. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much. Thank you so much for your word. I thank you that uh, we can learn from the history that is in your word. And may we learn the lesson, Lord, of Rehoboam. And may we go to wise, godly counsel. May we be that kind of community for each other. And Father, most importantly, may we be men and women who tune our ears into your voice because you're speaking. May we be listening. We love you, Lord. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for tuning in to our message podcast here at Peninsula Covenant Church. We would love the opportunity to connect with you more. We are located in Redwood City, California, and you can find us online at wearepcc.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by simply searching for We Are PCC.